Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. We all all share a love for Maine's environment. Every day, decisions are made that could impact our woods, waters, wildlife, and climate. Join us as we share stories of Mainers working to build healthier communities and protect what makes Maine so special. Spring has sprung with lots of rain and summer's on its way, which means it's camping season here in Maine. I know that some of you camp in the winter too, but for most of us, the warmer weather inspires gatherings with friends or families, circling around that campfire, um, you know, sitting at a beach campsite, enjoying the sounds of a loon call on a lake. Um, And there's no better person to speak with about camping than the Rubies. Uh, In 2016, Ray and Danielle Ruby set a goal to visit every state park and campground with their new family. and, And they did it. Along the way, they chronicled their travels with unvarnished reviews and perspective on their blog, Rubies on the Road. Um, I'm your Frontline Voices host, Colin Durant, and I'm excited to be joined by Ray Ruby in this episode to talk about what makes Maine State Park so special, and of course, to get some insider tips from the experts. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Ray. Well, thank you, Colin. I appreciate it. It's uh, I wouldn't say we're experts. We're all learning how to be parents every day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've got a few miles on us, I'd say. That's what we probably have at this point. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so let's just start by hearing from you about what prompted this journey for both of you. How did you um, and Daniel come up with this idea? Yeah. It's funny because I was just thinking of it. We were in use this last weekend, you know, camping up in the, the Bigelow area. And, um, you know, we stopped in at the Wire Bridge, always a great spot to stop in, in New Portland. And um, and it's funny, there's a photo of Danielle and our dogs from like seven or eight years ago on the Wire Bridge. And then we took a photo this past weekend of her with our puppy and two daughters. And that's exactly what we wanted to do. We said that, this is our life before kids. Let's just keep doing what we were doing, um, but just drag our kids along. And it's just really fun that it's not flashy. Uh, it's nothing crazy. We're not reinventing the wheel. We just said we love our life um, before kids and spending time in the great outdoors in Maine. Um, let's expose our kids to it from day one, like literally mm-hmm. day one, and mm-hmm. see what happens. And uh, so that's what it's been. You know, it's been just doing what we've always loved, always loved and just making our kids come with us. And uh, now we don't really make them. They, they, they're just as excited as we are. That's nice. They're like, where are we going? What's next? Um, For sure. I love that though. I love just setting the intention, right? I mean, one of the things, like you said, about being a main, it's just spectacular. There's just so much. I look forward to summer every year because you can just check out a new place and there's so much, Um, but just setting that intention to, to do it, I think we can get so lost in the like humdrum of every day, right? Correct. Screen, Zoom calls, whatever. Yeah. Um, that you, I, na- I, you, you nailed it with the intention yeah, piece, yeah. And which is funny. People always ask, you know, you guys are super outdoorsy. Like everyone in Maine spends time outdoors. It's totally. everyone's outdoorsy. But it's funny having kids, we actually spend a lot more time outdoors now with kids because mm-hmm. we do exactly you said, we block off here are our trips this year. Here's what we're going to do to get out this weekend. Let's do this so we don't go crazy in the house. So being more purposeful about it, when the year ends, we are actually more outdoorsy with little kids than we were pre-kids, which is, I never thought that would happen. That's but awesome. Because, 
because you're being more intentional about it, they start the trips and the, the adventures start to stack up. I love that. So just let's talk a little bit more about this experience, about your journey visiting every campground. Uh, first of all, just, I mean, what what is, it's like how many, I don't even know, I should know this because like it's my job, yeah. but how many state parks are there in, in campgrounds? It's, it's it's super confusing. And this is why we started doing all this is because yeah. every resource says something different. So there's about 30 or ish or so state parks, 40 ish or so state parks and historic lands, which people then start to lump together. But really specifically, there's 12 state park campgrounds, not yeah. counting Baxter is separate. If you want to add it a 13th, it's not part of that same system, but and then you start to get in the public lands and 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 it's just it's I always say um, it's overwhelming. It's like going to an Italian restaurant and you sit down with a big bowl of spaghetti and you eat and you eat and you eat and you look down and you barely touch your plate. And that's why when people ask, like, how come where do you go in Vermont or New Hampshire? And no offense, beautiful states, of course. Yeah. But there's just too much to do in Maine that we still haven't gotten to after all these visiting all these state parks. You know, we just want to go back to our favorite ones again and, and try yeah. these new things. So, again, it's like I said, you can just go and go and go. And every day today, you know, people will stop and be like, have you gone over and checked out these waterfalls? Nope. But we're going to add it to our list now. Yeah. And so we get just as much resources from people as we've given um, and been lucky with that. Like you said, I mean, every it's like a state where everyone is outdoors. It, it mm -hmm. might in in so many different ways, right? Whether you're camping, Correct. hiking, fishing, you know, riding an ATV, whatever. People and people love to have those conversations. Like you said, is there you know is there a moment in this journey of visiting all the um, camp like camping at all the campgrounds and visiting state parks? Is there a, a moment that really stands out to you? I guess I, I mean, I would look at it in two different ways. Um, for me and, and for Danielle, um, you know, you get to a point in your life where we're having kids a little bit older and we're doing all these adventures. You're always looking to do the next big thing, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, hike a Totten and then do this. And then we're going to do the big lows and kayak across Flagstaff. And it was always like, how do we make this bigger and better and bigger mm. and better? And then you have a little kid and they slow you down um, in some ways, but they do it in a great way because they slow the world down. Yeah. And no long do you need to hike the entire Cutler Coast, you know, <laughs> and just hiking into the boothead and seeing, you know, the 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 coasts and getting that and seeing it through their eyes is actually ten times better than the doing the ten mile loop by yourself. Yeah. Um, and so it just made all the little stuff big again. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just hiking Bradbury was more special with my daughter when she could first do it Eloise than me doing Katata in the first time yeah. you know like that's when seeing it all now through their lens um was just very special for both of us um and then when I think back on you know what stood out every trip's got something to take away I always say but I think mm. for when we we camped at the last we stayed Warren Island for last out of the 12 mm. um and, and then we had already you know camped in South Branch Pond and, and Baxter but um we saved Warren Island, Island for last and I have to say there um you know being there it kind of cut off and on an island and, and camping and it's what 20 something bucks a night and it's just it doesn't make sense none of it makes sense like you get this <laughs> And we just watched the sunset that night. I feel like it took three hours to drop. Yeah. And 
And I just was like, there is nowhere else I'd rather be in the world with no one else. And this is so reasonable for our family to pay for. And it's right in our backyard. And I just was like, you know, time kind of stood still for both yeah. of us. Um, we looked back and reflected on what we had done for adventures at that point. And for all the mistakes we make as parents, I feel like we just sat there and we're like, okay, we're doing a couple of things right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. That's a state park I didn't even know about. Again, I probably should have, but I oh. mean, I was like, I'm, I'm looking it up on Google maps right now. I'm like, Oh, Oh my God, look at that. Like you said, I'm going to add that to the list. See, And that's, and that's why we started the blog is because selfishly too, you know, um, I had gotten so much out of hiking blogs, people saying, okay, stop at this general store, grab mm -hmm. a sandwich. You know, there's a brewery you never heard of. Um, this place is terrible with dogs. This place is great with dogs. And it was like, gosh, it would be nice for parents who might be overly concerned. We all are at times. If we can eliminate some of these barriers and some of these questions and people could feel like they could pull this off with the right information, that might give them that extra push. Yeah. And we did that, not knowing that it would also do the same for people who retired in their 70s who are traveling in and a whole many a whole other different populations. And what it was is people didn't know you go to Warren Island like, so what, um, you know, what bridge do I cross? It's like, you don't you yeah. either. Here's your three options. And, you know, and here's the information because it took me forever to try to find it. Now, let's that was a longer post because we want to make sure, OK. People really want to get out there, but they just have so many unknowns. Yeah. But then once you get out there, you'll have an experience that you'll never forget. Yeah, for so. sure. That's amazing. How about, I mean, you you touched on this a little, but I, I'm interested also in like lessons learned and challenges. How did you grow? How did you two grow as people? How did you grow as a family as part of this, do you think? You know, this is always goes back to the beginning. We have friends who just, you know, had another little kid and I mean, they don't need advice. They don't need, they know it all, but sometimes we just need a reminder. And when it comes to camping, especially, or spending, you know, hiking with babies and, and with the little, little ones is, is you got to stack up a few wins. Mm. You know, you got to stack up a little bit of that confidence again, even if it's your second kid or third kid, um, you know, and it's and it's no different as adults too. You shouldn't be just going out and climbing the tallest mountain. It's kind of stacking up um, a few wins. And so I think really going into it, trying to hedge your bets uh, that you know, people are going to have a good first time and, mm -hmm. and making sure to manage expectations. Mm -hmm. um, that's your best way to go. And so if that means you know, one of you camps out the night before and the other one comes with a baby and then leaves. And then, then the next night you both sleep together there because the weather's improved. Try to just make it a win. And, yeah. and for you and not for Instagram and not for to tell your buddies mm -hmm. what works for your family and you all that you've got the best experience for it. Cause in the end, that's all that matters. Yeah. And so stack those wins together. And then before you know it, you're like, okay, we can go on an Island. We could, you know, this year we feel like we've gotten to the point where we want to canoe part of the Allagash with the girls. Nice. And but we've kind of, we've done a lot to get to that point. We wouldn't have done that year one or two. You, I'm not saying nothing against you, but for us, we needed to stack together that confidence, you know, prepare ourselves and the kids. And then now we know really what we are getting ourselves into. Cause again, trying to hedge those bets. And then again, the managing expectations, knowing that whether with or without kids, weather, all kinds of things, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was, we got two inches of rain last weekend in, in Eustace. And, you know, <laughs> I always, it's always a fun weekend when you have the tarp over the fire. Um, and, you know, we, again, we didn't end up doing all the hikes we wanted. Um, and, but we still had a blast and it was just making sure that you can just kind of adjust your yeah. plans, you know, and, and then you'll leave much more satisfied. Um, and that's all that matters. And then each trip gets easier. Yeah. That's just such great advice for anyone who wants to start. Right. Cause you like, you, you talk to a friend or you read, you know, family or not, like you, you, you talk to somebody and they're like, yeah, I just did, you know, Katahdin, like you said, it's like, you know, start at Bradbury, like you just said, you know, like there's just, just get it, getting out there and getting comfortable is the right. And I, and I always, you know, I'm a big uh, bicyclist and I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of intimidation around bicycling, like gear and stuff. And, you know, really all you got to do is get out there and enjoy the ride and do what's comfortable. And it's the same. So I love, you know, I, I love that. I love that tip. And you nailed it too about getting out there. I mean, I don't, I haven't read a lot of parenting books, but there was one book I did read years later called The Last Child in the Woods, just because I was intrigued by it. And I think there was a section, if I remember if the author was correct talking about what you said, is he had read so much about planting and gardening in his backyard, reached out to a specialist. And finally, the specialist said, stop reading about it and just <laughs> go get your hands dirty. Yeah. And And I think that's, part of it and your lessons learned are usually from your big mistakes you yeah. know we pack cough medicine now because somehow one of the kids always catches something <laughs> on the way there it just developed and so again lessons learned yeah um and so and then over time it's just just knowing that it, it, breaking the routine as parents mm-hmm. and, and kids that we're all in our routines and those are important but it's good to just throw the train off the tracks and yeah. uh, it's good for all of us yeah. Yeah. We always schedule like a three night stay at a campground and leave after the second night <laughs> and we're all good with it. That's a win. It's yeah, a win. it totally is. Like you said, well, let's just, yeah. you know, I'd love to hear from you. I, I want to sort of like bring it up the ladder level. And I love talking to people like you, Mainers like you about, you know, what in your, in your mind, what is the value of Maine state parks? What do they mean to you? What do you think they mean to Maine people? Why is it so important that we have, you know, these lands, these parks? It's, I mean, it's a gift. Um, It really is. It's, uh, that's why we've had some different opportunities over the years. And with doing this blog that somehow turned into being linked to all the state parks, which is really, really cool. And I always say like, this is our way to kind of give, back from what we've gained and we'll never be able to pay it back and i know i touched on it seems silly and angus king said a great one time he was camping at cobbs cook which is my favorite camp um camp ground to camp at same um, here okay awesome yeah. see there you go and it's like this costs 27 dollars. yeah and i'm sitting on the ocean and um watching tides that just don't make sense compared to most places in the world and you know it's just we're just so, so blessed in the way that they're taking care of the way they're managed by staff. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to always make sure to just thank the the park staff and all that they do because their jobs aren't easy and it's not mm-hmm. always gla- glamorous either. And nope. it's a huge, huge task. I mean, just for work, we were in a Route 6 State Park a, a few weeks back 
And I mean, that place just looked immaculate to start the year. Mm-hmm. And just what a what a gem, you know, Maine's first, I think, first day park. Um, and uh, it's just just an amazing location. And so I think it it's just it's just a real gift. And a lot of people may know this and, and they really appreciate it. People out of state certainly do because they, they come in loads. And but I think what's what's neat is, is that um, people are really starting to go out past like the top list and mm-hmm. maybe if that's one of the bonuses to covid like places like cobs cook where people didn't make that drive are now making that drive mm-hmm. um and putting a little effort in to be like you know what I'll, I'll go see something that's maybe not in this publication and and boy does it pay off mm-hmm. and so i think that's what's just really 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 amazing about this state is that we have these we have these lands we have these parks they're managed so so well they're so respected by the people that utilize them. Um, and because of that, it just it just continues to get better. I know you touched on in the past just some of the projects that are investments that are happening that are key, um, you know, in order to keep these places um, available for us and our families. Mm-hmm. Um, and our goal is, I know with your kiddos too, is that long gone when we're gone, I'm hoping that, you know, I always jokingly say, I'm going to probably force my kids in my will to revisit all these state parks <laughs> with my, you know, my urn. Uh, and that'll be like making them go do them all over again. Um, and it's just, it's just, we hope that they're, you know, in the place that they look now for, for years to come. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm going to tick off a couple favorites. Do you have, a, do you guys have a favorite camping hack? Yes. So it's funny because I mean, especially with, with, well, we're a big tarp family family. Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, yeah, it's just, just cause the weather, you just, you just never know. But I think the biggest hack is lessons learned and screwing up, um, is, uh, is managing that first meal as you go in. Um, cause you all know, even parents, we could be cranky when we're hungry and the further you drive and we all know you have to seriously drive in Maine sometimes mm-hmm. is having that first meal plan. So mm-hmm. not showing up hungry is key and mm-hmm. don't be ashamed to grab a Pat's pizza, you know, large pizza as you go in and takes two hours to set up. Um, because as long as people are fed, it doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. I always say, don't go crazy into your first night's meal. Um, yeah. Make that the easy one. If you are cooking, keep it hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, if you're not, grab something on the way in because, again, stack up those wins um, and then, you know, you, you'll be good because we've learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> you, you show up and you're like, you know, what? I'm going to do this cast iron meal on night one. <laughs> and next thing you know, what wood's wet and, you know, you can't set anything up and then everyone's like angry and it's like, okay, this was not a great idea. <laughs> not the right plan. We should have done this night too. And uh, yeah. And it's just things like that. And, yeah. and everyone's kind of gone through those. So I think biggest hack is uh, yeah. Have that first meal mapped out and don't go in hungry. Nice. Um. I was going to ask you about your favorite campground, but you, you already, we already talked about that Cobbs cook. How about, I'm a, how about wildlife sightings? What, what's the wildest wildlife you've seen? Well, Danielle will say Lily Bay is her favorite. She couldn't yeah. make it on today. Um, and that wildlife at Lily Bay is just, I mean, we camped there last year and you'd just be sitting there and a couple of deer will just come walking through your campsite or mm-hmm. you know, and ducks and, and whatnot. It's just, extremely special um you know 
it's <laughs> Lemoyne is hilarious, but the, they had a combination of a raccoon and a skunk there that I swear that could have been a reality TV show. So I, you know, you probably want me, I've been chased by a moose. I've had a bunch of wild stories, but I think this is what's so great about kids. And, and people have said like early on, why are you doing this? You know, your kids aren't probably going to remember it. And I couldn't disagree more. Yeah. First of all, it kind of morphs their personality. And two, you'd be shocked what they remember. And so Lemoyne, when our oldest was a year and a half, I uh, didn't hang the trash high enough, even though despite the warnings at the front desk that said <laughs> the raccoon will open your cooler and the skunk's going to tear apart your trash. And uh, sure enough, didn't high, and hang it high enough. And I swear to this day, Eloise, our six-year-old, will say, I mean, we were just this past weekend, we were um, camping at Cathedral Pines, actually. And... Uh, and she said, dad, that trash isn't high enough. And so <laughs> she learned that at one and a half. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so some pesky little little creatures, but it's just, it's remarkable whether it's bears and Baxter and, you know, and, and the moose in Northern Maine. And yeah. it's just, there's nothing like it, you know? And again, through the lens of the kids, it just makes it even more special. Yeah, for sure. Um well, I understand you after notching all those campgrounds and state parks off, you're on to public reserve lands. It's like yeah. there's so much out there, as we've said repeatedly. Can you just speak a little bit about that experience, exploring public reserve lands and what you guys have discovered? Yeah, I mean, that is that's more planning. That's more prep. And that's, you know, it's again, it's one of those things that luckily, I think what takes away a little bit of the anxiety of going in something like that is when have you already done it on your own mm. kind of like um you know, some reconnaissance on, on it and so um the biggest thing is is being prepared to adjust your plans you know mm. it's first come first serve at a lot of these locations if you're camping um so had your bets going in the middle of the week shoulder seasons um you know really looking at it like if it's july and you're going to the big low you know public you know lands um it's, you know, on Flagstaff that the most of the campsites are going to be taken. So you're mm -hmm. driving in there. So again, you might want to go on Thursday and go early. So you really just have to, and if you're not going to make it in, where else could you switch your plans to? And being mindful of that, you can't just, you know, throw up a tent anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so again, just, just paying attention to that. But as you go into these places that just, it just becomes even more special. I mean, what's mm -hmm. so great about the state parks is that you still have some many amenities. Um, and then when you kind of go into more of the public lands, you start to break away from those. And when that happens, it gets, again, even more special. And so mm -hmm. we're excited to spend um, a good chunk of time at Grafton Notch this year and in mm -hmm. that section uh, of those public lands in, in there. And so just some of the best hiking and um, and then also knowing that if you're going to do that, sometimes it makes sense to, if it's okay, just stay in a motel or Airbnb and then utilize, um, day trips. So, and if you're concerned about, Hey, I'm not going to be able to stay at, you know, maybe camp on Flagstaff. Well, the hostel of Maine looks pretty awesome to crash at. We're hoping to stay there this year. Um, and then my oldest and I plan to hike up uh, Avery Peak. But we're going to probably try to, again, hedge our bets to leave early, get a campsite, you know. So just you just got to do a little bit more legwork and planning mm -hmm. um, as you go into those. Same with driving in, you know, gassing up and kind of planning, planning all that out. And 
I think starting out with the state parks, again, building that confidence. And then, you know, when you have your free time too, is checking it out. Sometimes it doesn't hurt before dragging the whole family in. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, you guys are always on the move. It's great. It's wonderful to read about your journeys. Um, I follow you guys on Instagram. It's fun to, to see the, <laughs> see the photos too, and get ideas like we've talked about. I just wanted to wrap up by asking, you know, if there's anything else you want to say about, you know, about this experience, how exploring Maine's outdoors has impacted you guys, if there's anything else you want to leave people with. I just, I think it's, it's too easy sometimes. And and I'm going to say this in a certain way, like nobody, I don't think has taken it for granted that we have these, these places across the state. I think when Mainers and people go, they do appreciate what we might take for granted is the effort that goes into protecting them, the cost that it goes into maintaining them. I mean, behind me is a map of the Allagash. That's Danielle and I's favorite place in the whole world. You know, without, you know, NRCM, like that protection doesn't happen. We know when we're there that this place exists, a huge part of it based off of your organization. Mm-hmm. And so to us, you know, when we've had the opportunity to work together and, and highlight your work, it's important because that's our way of hopefully trying to give back um, to a place that's now protected because of so much effort by by folks. Mm-hmm. And so so I think it's just looking at it as taking it a step further. It's not just going and paying our admission and buying our season pass. You know, how do we volunteer? How do we support? How do we promote? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and because it's, I think it's not enough just to be there and be like, wow, it's so wonderful. We live here. This is so great. I think we, we owe it to take it a step further to make sure, um, you know, make sure that we're, we're doing our part too, because again, it, it doesn't make sense. You know, um, sometimes when we're standing out there and you're looking around and this is, we're so blessed. And so, Mm -hmm. but it didn't happen by accident. You know, I don't think there's a trail we're not on. We're like, how did these bogs get in here? (laughs) <laughs> like, like, like who on earth volunteered and made this happen? Who clear cut these trees? Like, and so it's just so important to teach our kids to respect and love these places so that they then in return do the same. And they mm-hmm. will, they just have to be exposed to them. We all, we all do. We just, the more exposed you are to it, you know, I always say to people, when you go to the Allagash and, and you're in canoeing up the river and you're looking around and there's just, um, it's just a feeling that you'll never feel. And, and I know for us, it's, we call it our restart button. Whenever the mm-hmm. world gets to be a little bit too chaotic, we go there and we hit restart. And, yeah. uh, but it, that again, does, doesn't exist just by chance. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's so well said. Thanks, Ray. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to you and Danielle and your family for documenting your experiences at Maine State Parks and beyond. I know it's opened a lot of eyes, given people a lot of mo- motivation to explore more places throughout Maine. Yeah. You were just saying when we were chatting ahead that you saw that uptick on your blog because everyone's yeah. thinking about it. And of course, you see it in January when people have to, when people are sort of frantically waiting <laughs> at the computer for yeah. the for, for uh, the reservation system to come online. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, and, and like Ray said, NRCM works with Mainers like the Rubies to build support for state parks and our public reserve lands because of the important role they play in our economy and our way of life. 
Um, I was just at Reed State Park the other day in the construction they're doing there and they just completed, they just completed a new bridge. Um, is thanks to funding, maintenance funding that people like you, our listeners and others advocated for and that the legislature improved, uh, approved, excuse me. But like Ray said, it's, you know, it takes work, right? This, it, there's a lot of demand out there. The system is strained. We always need more resources. Um, this legislative session, uh, we joined, NRCM joined with our environmental partners in supporting a bill, LD 1854, which is to conduct a review of state employee compensation. That would be really helpful in recruiting and retaining desperately needed park staff. So like yep. paying them well, paying, you know. Um, and of course, Ray, like you said, one way that people can help is visiting, paying the fee, being a responsible visitor, thinking about how we can care for these lands. Um, and as I mentioned in the intro, the Rubies Chronicle, and as we talked about, the Rubies Chronicle, their journeys on, on, on their blog, it's rubiesontheroad.com, I think, right? That's it. Yep. Yep. So be sure to go check that out when you get a moment. Thanks again, Ray. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And I hope, I hope you all get out to a state park or public reserve land soon to check out what Maine's got to offer. Yeah. And I just will say last piece too, is as you are at these parks, you know, spend time in the communities and, mm. you know, these parks will take you to some pretty special places across the state. So take the time, spend some money in these communities, Absolutely, go out to lunch, visit them, support them um, because Maine's a pretty special place. And, and a lot of these 16 counties, there's a lot of good stuff in them. So try to try to visit as much as you can when you're, when you're visiting these places. Thank you for listening to Maine Environment, Frontline Voices. Since 1959, NRCM has been tapping into the power of Maine people, science, and the law to protect and enhance the nature of Maine. To learn more about our work protecting Maine's environment, visit nrcm.org or follow us on social media at NRCM Environment.